Welcome to the Selling with Influence podcast, where we show you how to sell more of your products and services consistently, predictably, and profitably without having to offer discounts, quote, lower margins, or compete on price in a race to the bottom just to get the business. My name is Dwayne Huff, founder and CEO of Influence Seminars, and I am your host. Hello and welcome to the Selling with Influence podcast and show. My name is Dwayne Huff, founder and CEO of Influence Seminars, and I am your host. Listen, if you're watching this on YouTube, thanks for being here. I know some of you like to consume the content via video, and I welcome you. Please like and subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification button so whenever I do a new episode of this, you will get it. If you're listening to me on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, if you get value from this, please run over there, give us a five-star review, leave a comment, and uh, we appreciate the support. But I wanted to take this first episode and kind of share my philosophy, my thoughts about selling and my background and my history. So you'll know that if this is a good place for you to be, this is a good podcast for you and if it will serve you. So first and foremost, here's why I do this. Here's why I do what I do. I am a 14-year sales veteran, then transitioned over into Uh, running my own company, Influence Seminars, where I do sales training. Um, I have a system called Selling with Influence, and I've been doing that for the past 12 years. So if you add those up, I believe that makes me a 26-year sales veteran because I'm out there just like you guys every day, building relationships, making connections, making offers, overcoming objections, and solving problems to offer solutions to my clients. So I'm not far removed from this. I do this every single day just like you. And if you're a sales manager, a sales VP, a business owner, an entrepreneur, or a sales professional, and you simply want to sell more of your products consistently, predictably, and profitably without lowering your prices, offering discounts, quoting lower margins, or competing in a race to the bottom because you're competing on price rather than selling on value, this podcast and this show is going to be for you because we're going to talk about how to do that successfully and consistently. Again, my background, 14 year in sales. Um, I didn't I didn't want to be in sales. That wasn't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily a, uh, oh my goodness, let me graduate from college and go into sales. That wasn't it. I'm a musician. I don't know if you can see this back here if you're watching the video. I have a poster back here on jazz. You see a guitar hanging uh, over in the background over here. I can't do that. It's reversed. Um, and um, I, I got my degree in music performance. I actually played the saxophone. So when I went to college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I spent, uh, I, I like to joke and say that I crammed four years of college into six. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Some of you did the same thing, right? Anyway, so I went to college, got out, didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, um, got my degree in music performance, didn't want to move to another big city to, to be a performing musician or even a band director. I have respect for both professions, but that's not what I wanted to do. And so I stumbled into sales. Uh, my first job was an inside sales job. That didn't pay very well, so I had to move on pretty quickly. But the first, oh gosh, the first six years of my selling career were absolutely dismal. I went through nine jobs in the first six years, um, and it was brutal. And the reason that happened is because I refused to be the Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, boiler room, high pressure, aggressive closing, hard closing, chest thumping, uh, sleazy, slimy, pushy sales professional or salesperson, I shouldn't say professional because professionals don't do that, salesperson that everybody avoids. I refuse to do that. I refuse to do that to myself. I refuse to do that to my customers, but that's what my managers were trying to teach me. And in hindsight, it's probably because they probably only spent about six months out in the field themselves before they were named sales manager or sales VP. I had some very 
um, horrific, if you will, managers early on. And so I'm passionate about helping sales professionals sell more authentically, consistently, and have a great time doing it where they feel natural, where they feel like themselves. They don't feel like they have to put on some um, aggressiveness or pushiness that's not them, but they can just be who they are. Help serve the customer, understand, listen, fulfill needs, solve problems, and um, enjoy the best profession in the world. I truly believe that you can write your own ticket in this great profession more than I think any other profession if you know how to do it correctly and you do it authentically. So that's why I'm here and that's why I do this. So in this podcast, I'm going to focus on helping you as a sales professional do that. Or if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner and you don't want to be that stereotypical used car salesperson, but you know you need to sell because nothing happens in business until something is sold. And whether you fit in any of those roles, business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, you're in the same situation. You have to sell to make commission or to make a profit. And you don't want to be giving away the farm just to get the sale. You don't want to compete on price. You don't want to be beat up on price. You don't want to offer discounts because you know the value of your products and services. And you don't want to have to quote margins lower just to get the business. Because many times when you do that, you're not getting quality business. Sometimes I believe that uh, some of our greatest blessings are in the unanswered prayers of please give me this sale because we end up signing somebody and for the next two years they're under contract and we have to deal with them and it's like why did I even sell this person? I've been there, you've probably been there and uh, there's no reason to do it. And if you're a sales leader, sales manager, sales executive, I want to help you um, by giving you tools, insights, resources, and even conversations that we can have that will help you to guide and lead your sales professionals, whether they're, you know, whether you consider them to, and I, I, I hate labels, I really do, but the reality of the situation is you have those top performers, the A, the A players, uh, you have the B players who are right there in the middle, they're up and down, they're inconsistent, they're on a sales roller coaster, you never know what's going to happen, and then you have the C players who just can't seem to get it right, can't seem to get it off the ground, and you want to give up on them, but I must say, and I must implore you, don't give up. Whether you're an A player, B player, C player, or you're managing A players, B players, or C players. I've seen C players become A players, B players become A players. And it all comes down, I believe, to the conviction and the will of the person and the leader that's that's there to serve and help them. The, the thing I told you, nine jobs in the first six years, the reason that all changed was a couple of different reasons. Number one, my attitude had to shift but I don't think that could have happened until I came into the presence and the world of some great mentors and managers. When I made the transition, uh, after that first six years in the seventh year, I landed at Verizon Wireless selling cell phones. Now, that was inside sales. It was a great fit. It worked out beautifully for me, but I think two things were in place. Number one, I had a tremendous manager. His name was Josh Wilson. And Josh, if you're out there and you happen to be watching this, thank you, brother, for giving me that opportunity. But he said, Dwayne, you know, uh, you know, we interviewed you. You're great. You've, you've got a track record here. No pressure here. I mean, we got a quota. We got numbers that we need to make, but we're going to train you. And we just want you to be who you are and approach the customers the way you best see fit and just reach the goal. That's the only requirement. If you need our help, ask us. If you need more training, let us know. We're here to support you. And what an awesome day in my life at that point, because I can remember for the past six years or the first six years before that, dreading Mondays struggling through the week and going into the weekend just almost depressed because it's like, man, I got to go back and do this on Monday. But when I made the transition into Verizon Wireless and had that great leadership and the good training that I had, it changed the game for me. I actually enjoyed going to work and I actually realized I was good at selling. 
right? But it didn't stop there. That was just the beginning. It allowed me to um, lick my wounds, to get my head about me, to find my footing in sales. And I wish that for everybody. I'm passionate about this because I want to see every sales professional and every sales manager, every entrepreneur and business owner who has to sell to enjoy the process. It truly is the, the greatest profession uh, on the planet, in my opinion. And you can really enjoy it because if you do it right, you're connecting with people, you're building, with relation, building relationships, you're making friends. And every day you show, up, you show up to work, you're there to help friends build relationships, solve problems, and make people's lives better. And that's how I feel about that. So for me, the transition was this. Nine jobs in six years, went into Verizon Wireless, licked my wounds, two and a half years. I'm sitting, we had to work one, one Sunday um, a month, and me and this uh, guy that I worked with, his name was Joey Entremont, and he's one of my LinkedIn connections. So Joey, if you happen to see this video, man, um, thank you for that, that moment in time where me and Joey are sitting there, no people were coming into the store. He looked at me and said, Dwayne, man, he says, you got a college degree, you're good with your customers, Quite frankly, I'm sick of looking at you. You need to go find yourself a pharmaceutical sales job. And I'm like, thanks, Joey. <laughs> and I'd heard it, um, gosh, several times over the, the last you know eight years of my sales career at this point uh, that I should go look into pharmaceutical sales. And the reason I didn't is because I thought it was outside sales and I had fallen flat on my face twice in outside sales in the past or, or the first six, six years of my career. I didn't want, I wanted nothing to do with it, right? And um, so I so I avoided it. But right before Joey told me that, a couple of weeks prior, I was at a doctor visit and um, I was sitting in the, the waiting room and I saw a, a pharmaceutical sales rep come in, uh, you know, dressed in a suit and he walked up uh, to the uh, receptionist, which in my experience was always a bad thing because it was a gatekeeper and you had to get through him. But he walked up to the gatekeeper. He walked up to the receptionist. He says, hey guys, how are you doing? And they welcomed him with open arms. I don't remember his name, but let's call him Johnny. He walked in and they go, hey Johnny, how's it going, man? It's been a while. Where you been? How's it going? And they're just, I mean, they're having a conversation. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, the next thing I know, they open the door to the back and he walks right in. And a dude stays there longer, well, probably about 20 minutes. I'm still waiting in the waiting room. Finally, I get back into the back and um, the doctor, who I'd seen a couple of times, the doctor, uh, I happened to be walking to the exam room and I noticed that the doctor walked up to the sales rep and they were just having a friendly, nice conversation. I'm like, what? That That's a pretty cool sales gig, right? And so I had had that experience right before Joey at the store had told me, Hey, Dwayne, you need to go find yourself a pharmaceutical sales job. I didn't think I could get one because I'd heard the horror stories about people who had looked for them for years and never got them, two, three, four years. Apply, 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 interview, 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 and never got one. So I'm like, yeah, I'm probably not going to get this, but hey, let's give it a try. <laughs> oh my gosh. I walked up, um, I walked over to the computer. Mm, excuse me, I had to take a sip of water. Um, I, I walked over to the computer. And back then it was the, I think three and a quarter or three and a half inch floppy disk, right? They were, they were the hard kind, right? And I, that's, how, that's how long ago this was, right? And so I took it, I put it in the drive and I went on to monster.com. I looked up pharmaceutical sales. I found one gig. I remember it like it was yesterday. It said Hawthorne Pharmaceuticals. I said, okay. I uh, uploaded my resume. I didn't put a cover letter. I just, you know, I applied. You know, that, that shows you my work ethic back then. I had none, absolutely none. And that's probably why I went through nine jobs in six years too. But um, 
I applied for it. That was a Sunday because we had to work one Sunday a month. The next morning, I'm heading into work because I had the early shift. It's a Monday morning. Uh, phone rings. Didn't recognize the number. Um, and that was back in the day when you could actually pick up the phone when you didn't recognize the number. I said, hello. They said, hey, is this Dwayne Huff? Yeah. Uh, this is Hawthorne Pharmaceuticals. Look, I don't have time to get in a big discussion. This is the HR manager. Um, we have an opening that you applied for. Normally, I go through a whole bunch of screening, but we don't have time for that. We need to fill this spot. Can you be in an interview um, tomorrow at 9 a.m.? I said, sure. I show up to the interview. It's one floor below the corporate office of Verizon Wireless where I had you know, just done my training. The regional sales manager of Verizon Wireless sits in that building. So I'm like literally one floor below interviewing. Nobody knows I'm going to interview. So I'm kind of freaking out. I get in there, have a two hour conversation with the HR manager who had called me and my hiring manager. And I thought it went pretty, pretty well. They said, we'll be in touch. So the next day I get a phone call from another manager who would turn out to be my sales manager. I had a business manager and a sales manager. And um, we had a couple of conversations. By Friday of the same week, I was hired. And I couldn't believe it. it just fell into my lap. Um, an opportunity that that eludes most people, even to this day, even though the industry's changed a lot. So fast forward, I, I go through two weeks of home um, study, home study, and uh, then I go away, not knowing what to expect for two weeks um, of in-house training, right? And so we had to know our product knowledge. Uh, they sent us CDs and books with product knowledge. We had to study it. We had to know it when we got there. And so we spent about the first couple of days digging into product knowledge and how it fit into the doctor's practice and all of, you know, tying down all of the, the, the details about the products. But then the game changed like you would not believe. And I am a firm believer to this day in the process that we went through. And it was practice and role play. Now, listen, if you're a sales professional or if you're a manager, when I said role play, you probably just cringe and you're tempted to click away or turn this off because you don't want to hear it. Role play for the for the business owners and entrepreneurs out there who are not sales professionals per se. Uh, role play is a love, hate, bittersweet, uh, well-avoided practice because it's not comfortable. It's painful. And I, and I will tell you this, it was not comfortable and it was very painful for us. But let me tell you how that went because it'll give you some insights about how to approach it the right way and the value it can have to your results as a sales professional and as a sales leader. And uh, so we go uh, through a couple of days of product knowledge training to get our footing and then they changed the game. They said, look, from now on, what we're going to do is we're going to take this product knowledge, but we're going to teach you a sales process. We're going to practice that sales process. And what we're really going to practice is how to handle and in some cases overcome uh, resistance and objection that you're going to get. And so they taught us the, the sales process, they taught us the objections, they taught us how to handle it, and then we started to practice, which at first we started to practice with each other, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, so it was really no big deal. And we probably did that for about a half a day. The next day we show up, and, and I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know where my conviction for the sales profession, my love for the sales profession and for salespeople comes from because it was baptism by fire on so many levels. Because the next day they said, okay, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, there's, there's about, gosh, there was 10 of us in this class. And I think the pharmaceutical company was so small. They were an entrepreneurial company, which means we have no money and you're not getting a budget. <laughs> we got to teach you how to sell. And that they did. And then, so there was 10 of us, and so they paired us off. But then we had uh, the director of training, my manager, several managers from around the country that were there assisting in the training. 
And so they would take us individually and they had breakout rooms, right? Little tiny breakout rooms, a big training room, but little breakout rooms on the side. And they had video cameras set up in these rooms. So you would literally walk in the door like you were calling on a doctor and you would start the sales conversation um, and go through it. And if there was an objection, you would overcome it. And, and I'm summarizing here because it was really broken down, but what would happen is you'd go in there, you'd do it, and then you'd, uh, you'd have a debrief and a coaching with the person who was playing the role of the doctor, and then <laughs> you'd come back into the room with all of your peers, and they'd put that video on the screen and play it. And they'd give you critique, and they'd make your peers give you critique. If you're not watching the video show of this podcast, you need to go over to YouTube and watch it. I'm turning three shades of red right now. Um, <laughs> and, um, and it was painful, right? I mean, you'd sit, and they would pull you apart. And your peers were trying to be nice and say nice things about you. Oh, no, Dwayne did it great. You know, he, he, was, he was clear. You know, he, he, he didn't get rattled. He did. And they're like, no, 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 no. Here's what Dwayne did wrong. <laughs> And I mean, it was painful. And this is why most sales managers, sales VPs, and salespeople avoid role play, much to their demise. I, I truly believe that so many sales teams and sales organizations could compete and perform at much higher levels if they made this a part of their practice. But I understand why they don't, because it is painful. You can lose good people, and you can alienate and, and literally... Um, <laughs> destroy somebody if you don't handle it right. In fact, I saw many years after the fact, I became a trainer, went back with that same company and um, watched as they brought a new class through this role play experience. And I remember right before lunch, this one guy just kind of shut down. He says, I, I can't do this. They said, well, what do you mean you can't do this? And I'm like, oh God. <laughs> he said, I can't do this. I mean, he was just shut down. And it's a shame because if, if, if he would have just trusted the process and if he had, had a better connection relationship with his manager and, and the director of training, like I had the fortune of having, um, he, he could have broke through. But, but after lunch, we all came back and he wasn't there. So if you're going to um, embed this in your culture, make this part of your culture, either as a sales professional or as a, a, a sales leader, um, don't you, you can't just half, halfway do it. There's a lot that's involved. And if you need some help, reach out to me. Let's talk about it. I'll show you how to do it effectively so you so you, so you you get the best results from it. Um, by the way, guys, if you're listening to this or watching this, I, I've got some free training that will help you um, to sell, to take what you're doing right now um, and, and just kind of infuse a couple of things that will really take your uh, results to a completely different level over at sellingwithinfluence.com. Just drop your name and email address. It's a three-part video training. It'll come to you. And whatever you're doing, whatever you're selling, um, it will help you augment the things that you're doing correctly, show you some of the things that you can tweak um, and some of the things you can infuse to get better results. So um, I, I learned all this. That's why I'm sharing it with you. I learned a lot of this through this process that I was going through in role play. And so anyway, long story short, we did this for probably the next six days. You know, we went away for the weekend. We came back and then five days straight from eight o'clock in the morning till five o'clock at night we were drilling this stuff. I remember a couple of nights, I think towards the end, we went to six and seven. They come in at five o'clock and they said, okay, guys, um, we're going to push a little harder. We're going to stay a little longer. But we brought in some ice chests of beer. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, right? Now, role playing uh, with a buzz is a whole different level. But anyway, here I digress. Here's, here's why I tell you this. 
is because, and this is why I have passion for the profession, because it's changed my life and changed the game for me, even though it was painful. We pushed through it. We came on the other side. And, and, and the reason I share this with you is because when I got into my first doctor's office, I was scared to death. But when the doctor came out and we had a conversation and I went through the sales process or the sales conversation that they had taught me and I, refi- uh, I got a little feedback, I handled it just like that, like a champ, like a pro. So a couple things I want to take out of that for you and the reason this podcast is going to serve you is that I'm going to share some insights, some distinctions, some nuggets, some pearls of wisdom that I've taken I've worked with over 200 companies in a sales training capacity. Uh, when I was employed as a sales professional, I worked with over 15 of them. And so I've seen across every industry that you can imagine, every selling, selling situation that you can imagine. And I've seen the things I'm going to share with you in this podcast to help you works across industries, no matter if it's a simple sale, complex sale, long, short sales cycle, commodity, non-commoditized products, something very highly special. It does not matter. Selling is selling is selling. Sales is sales is sales. And if you're if you're right now, you want to argue with that or you want to push back on that or you disagree with me, the reality of the situation is, is you don't have the perspective um, and the experience that I have across industries. You, you, you know your industry. You know your world. You know where you've been. But until you see the broader scope and the bigger picture, um, the perspective is not there. And I'm telling you, if you can just follow me on this and trust me on this, everything I'm going to share with you, I'm going to share a little bit, but I'm going to show you how it applies and how it can work for you. And just test it. If it doesn't work for you, don't use it. But I'm going to share with you things that I do experience every day, things that I have experienced. And what I've learned from sales VP, sales managers, sales professionals, A, B, and C players across industries that can help you and serve you. And and one of the things that was big for me was the role play. And I don't see any companies since then. Um, I went, uh, I was in a couple of more, three more uh, uh, pharmaceutical sales jobs, not even close, the training level. I've been to other companies um, where I go in to train, not even close to this level. And um, the director of training, uh, uh, director of training uh, her name was Lynn. And so Lynn, if you if we're connected on LinkedIn, if you're seeing this, I honor you and I respect you and I thank you for the gift that you gave of pushing us to the limit and making us stronger. And that's how strongly I feel about that. And so I believe role play and practice has to be a significant part of your training or your shortcut in yourself or your people. And even if you're just an individual sales rep, um, uh, practice going through your conversations. List out the common objections, the three, four, five common objections you get and just have a friend or a, um, a, a manager or a, a peer drill you, just like flashcards in school. Just drill you until you're loaded for bear, you're ironclad and nothing can shake you or rattle you. Um, anyway, I, I just got off on that because I wanted you to know where I came from and why I'm so passionate about this. 14 years in sales, nine, six, nine jobs in the first six years and the rest of it, I learned some great things because I had great mentors and great managers who guided, led me and taught me. But the whole Selling with Influence program that I put together, and the reason this is called, this podcast is called Selling with Influence is because it's when I started my own company with one client who promised me six months of work. (laughs) That turned into a two and a half year relationship, thank God, and I was able to branch out and get other clients and that's been 12 years hence. And so I took a risk, but it wasn't a huge risk, but it was there 
that I started to learn some of the key distinctions. Here's what I was learning. Like I said, I've, I've worked with over 200 companies in a, a sales training capacity, but they kept coming back and saying, hey, Dwayne, our people need help with um, negotiating. Our people need help with um, you know connecting and communicating better. They need help with closing. They need help with uh, presentation skills. They need help with um, leadership, right? And, and I started to realize that product knowledge, sales training, all the data analytics, CRM management, pipeline, pipeline management, forecasting wasn't enough to bridge the gap to consistent, predictable sales growth or what I like to call ongoing, sustainable sales growth, right? It's up and down, it's up and down. And I started to notice there was a gap there. But I started to realize that what would bridge that gap, the only thing I saw that would bridge that gap was teaching sales professionals, business owners and entrepreneurs, whoever has to sell, how to bridge that gap with key elements of influence. And here, here's what that means. Uh, if you want to see an, a breakdown and an overview of this, I've got it. It's free of charge. Don't you have to drop your name and email address. Just go over to my website, sellingwithinfluence.com. Go to the video page and you'll see like it's a 16-minute overview, a breakdown of, of what's involved in selling with influence. But it's it's twofold. Number one, influence is, is um, an acronym and it's kind of a checklist that you can kind of check yourself against to make sure you're hitting all the things you need to be doing to influence your customer. But influence is about how we add, hear me close, because this has become cliche, it's how you add aligned value. Not just add value, that's a cliche, that's a buzzword. Nobody knows how to do it and I'll prove it to you. Have you ever <laughs> have you ever tried to do something for somebody, give something to somebody, offer, create, make, buy something for somebody, hand it over, try to give it to them, only for them to say, huh, no, thank you. No, we don't want it. No, we're going to get it somewhere else. We all have, and it's painful. And the reason it is is because we were trying to give them something we thought they needed, should want, should value, but they didn't. When we influence people, we help them to get or give them more of what they already value in the, product, in the form of our products, services, and solutions. And the only way we can do that is by really understanding who they are, the problems they're facing, the problems they're trying to solve, understanding who they are, because people do not buy when they understand us. They buy when they feel understood. And that was a huge lesson for me, right? So I wanted to share it with you. And so I, I just kind of wanted to lay the foundation so you could see if this podcast was right for you because we're going to talk about how to do that. I, I don't want to mess with your sales training uh, or your selling skills, your product knowledge, because I believe you have that. And if you don't, you need to have a foundation of that. If you're a sales manager, a business owner, a CEO, and you need my help laying that foundation of sales training and selling skills with your people, don't hesitate. Reach out to me. Go to sellingwithinfluence.com or shoot me a text, 225-384-0693. Say, hey, Dwayne, uh, I watched your podcast. I think we need to talk about uh, some sales training. But um, I wanted to to lay the foundation, and let you know this is my philosophy. This is the thing. This is what I think. This is how passionate I am about sales because I've been there. I'm still there, and I want to see sales teams, sales leaders, sales professionals, and entrepreneurs and business owners who have to sell be successful and enjoy the process. Truly, is the greatest profession in the world. Nothing happens until a sell is made, and. Um, I, I really believe, as I said before, you can write your own ticket in this profession more than any other profession in the world. You just have to be willing to increase your influence. And that simply means taking what you're already doing and infusing things that help you to negotiate better, lead better, communicate and build relationships, solve problems and offer solutions that really 
add value, aligned value to your buyers. Anyway, so uh, stay tuned. This is only the first episode. It's the foundation. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel and click that bell of notification so it will tell you when I release another one. If you're watching this on iTunes, subscribe so you can hear each time an episode comes out and uh, drop a five-star review over at um, (laughs) uh, iTunes or wherever you watch your podcast and stay tuned because I will be with you consistently to share um, insights, distinctions, and I'm also going to um, do interviews with people who are out in the industries to help you solve the problems, break through the challenges, and sell consistently. Um, And here's the thing, if you guys are crushing it as a sales team, if you're a sales leader, or if you're someone who's in sales and you just consistently crushed it and and you're at the top of your game and you're staying at the top of your game, I wanna hear from you. I, I wanna have a conversation with you and let's get you on an interview because I'd like everybody to learn from your experience because I believe in the old saying that says a rising tide raises all ships. So until we talk next time, have a great day. We'll talk soon. And remember, you can write your own ticket. You just got to be willing to increase your influence.